to Pursuit of Relentless podcast. Thank you for joining us today. And I am excited to get you guys in front of this guest. And just hearing John's story has been really cool. We've connected a couple times now, just playing with our internet being awful. I think he had a bad storm and knocked out his power. And I was like trying to record in my car because I had bad internet. And I was like, ah, we should just not. So this has been a couple months in the making guys. So just know that it's going to be a good conversation today. And I'm really grateful to have you on the podcast. John, if you could introduce yourself, tell people what you do, how you got to where you are today. Welcome. Thank you, Elena. Pleasure to be here. So uh, I'm John Cholkotowski. As Elena said, I'm an executive coach. I work one-on-one and with groups, mostly senior leaders who are in some kind of transition. And we can talk about that if desired. But um, I I say that really what I'm doing right now is um, I'm helping leaders find greater clarity, confidence, and calm. It's really going to lead to impact in what matters most to them. Mm-hmm. And it, we could talk more about that too, Elena, but that's really who I am and what I'm doing right now. Mm. So when it comes to the people you're coaching, do you see trends in the way that they act? Or is it more just like they're searching for something bigger? It's a good question. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of parsing that out of my brain. I think they're right now, especially, you know, in the context of the, of the pandemic, uh, you know, the big reset, uh, the big resignation, right? Like all of these things happening. I think the one trend I see right is a lot of people questioning a lot. Yeah. Um, and, and what I mean by that is so, I think of winter as a time of reflection, and at least for everybody in the Northern hemisphere right now, it's winter. Um, I think of that as a time of reflection. And I think of at least the last couple of years as winter all the time, right? All of this reflection around what does it mean? The, what, what is, um, what's value in the work that I do? Um, what does it mean to have a family when we're all in the house 24 seven for some period of time, just a lot of different things. So, I find a lot of people questioning and reflecting maybe at a level they hadn't before. Mm. And then they start to realize why they don't 24 seven. Cause it's actually, it's a lot of work. Um, but then your other part about like, just trying to make something more, something bigger, this sense of purpose beyond self, yeah. I find that coming in, especially in working. Um, you know, I work with people in nonprofits and, and those people a lot of times have their sense of purpose fairly clear, Uh but in the corporate world, sometimes that can get lost in the middle of other things. So I think that's a, that is an observation. I've seen a lot of people asking like, what else right now, what would make my world, my life, um, that much more meaningful in some way. Uh Yeah. I had breakfast this morning with my husband and his crew from work. It was their last night shift last night. And so they always go out as a team and not all of them, but like a few of them go out as a team and have breakfast at the same restaurant. And I'm like, okay, that's his thing. Like he goes and does that like, okay, bye. (laughs) Like I'm normally in meetings and this morning he's like, you should come with me. And I met a girl there and she's like, yeah, I just love being a trucker. And I was like, oh, I hated it so much. You know, it's just so different how people in one area are like, Oh, this is my, this is like my bread and butter. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Cause she's making an impact there. Right. As a leader Mm, there. mm, Whereas mm -hmm. when I was there, I was like, just trying not to die every day. You know, it was such a different experience. So 
What made you transition from the corporate world to coaching? Mm. Yeah. So I, right out of college, I went and was working with a, a, a large management consulting company, working with Fortune 500 companies, you know, I, all over the U.S. And I ended up in California on a, a program there. And it was the place where Scott Adams, who wrote or writes the Dilbert cartoon, he was working there at the time. That's So I worked in a Dilbert cube. Why? while the author of Dilbert was working there. Wow. So I understand that culture. I loved working with the, the people there, the leaders there. I love that part of it. I didn't love working for a large organization. That just wasn't me so much. Uh, but, I, but I got a taste of it. I was like, okay, but I really love helping people in this way, but right. this isn't quite it. So then I kind of downshifted out of there and went into nonprofit. Uh, nonprofit leadership. You know, I was director of marketing, COO, CEO at multiple organizations. And while I was there, I helped one organization, you know, almost double in size in a year. And as I was driving to work, who knows, maybe I was thinking about the great success we'd had. Uh, I felt uncomfortable, thought I might be having a heart attack. It wasn't. It was a panic attack, but I had no understanding of what that meant. I didn't know what it was. I just knew I couldn't really work. I couldn't really function. And just the thought of going to work made it worse. So a uh, really kind mentor at the time said, uh, this is going back about 12 years now, said, um, we've had some good success before of people working with a coach, you know, especially when there's stress or other things. How would you feel about that? And I said, oh, that sounds great. And Elena at the time, I didn't really know what coaching was. Uh, I would have said yes to anything mm -hmm. because I was, I was really uncomfortable. I was you know, not able to function. And so started working with a coach and I quickly found out a few things. One, I couldn't think my way out of the issues I was having. Mm -hmm. I couldn't just, you know, power down and work harder and, and figure things out. And that was really uncomfortable because I felt kind of naked right there. I was like, all right, everything that I figured out of how to get to where I was is just gone. Second, what came in really quickly was this idea that um, the organization was successful, was just really looking at... Um, mission, vision, you know, we, you know, were we attracting the people we wanted to, were we delivering our services and not really about how well or well was I not taking care of myself? How well was I, or was I not taking care of relationships in the organization? And so when I started to look at those things, again, pretty painful to go from, we're a success, we're doubled in size to, I might be really killing some things here inside the organization that could lead to failure. Um, that was really, really challenging to take in. I want, and to, stay so, I want to stay on that for a uh, second. Okay. Yeah, because sure. So many times I see people that are like, well, I'm just going to make all this money and I'm going to get rich and it's going to be awesome. And I'm like, do you know how much time you have to invest to get to that point? Like, you know what I mean? Like people just think it just happens overnight. The, the funniest thing that my mentors have taught me is the, the people that have overnight success are like a 10 year overnight success. You know what I mean? Like it took them <laughs> doing that personal development and that growth and building their organization from nothing. Right. Which is why I did this podcast because it's not, it's not, Oh, we just, you know, we're just super successful. No, you have to grow it and you have to build that confidence in yourself so that when you are put on stage, you can perform, you know? Mm. 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 
Yeah. Agreed. I'm just Agreed. like side note, but it's so true. Yeah. 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 Well, so, so yeah, in that, in that moment of like sort of pit of despair, if you will, uh -huh. there was also a lot of revelation, if you will. Right. Like, of yeah. like, Oh, this is how I'm shooting myself in the foot and potentially affecting everyone else around me. Right. Not even potentially I was, um, after a few months with that coach, I was doing better than ever. You know, I was back at work and I was like, wow, I get all these things. This is awesome. And then at some point down the line, I continued to meet with them. They said, so what's next for you, John? They're like, well, the, the CEO's there, you know, you're the, you're the COO essentially like they're not going anywhere. What's next for you? You're not planning to retire here. Are you? No, I'm not planning to retire. What's next for you. And what they picked up on Elena is everything in my career up to that point happened rather organically happened an opportunity came up and i went cool i'm gonna jump onto that and i'm gonna do that i really didn't have clarity around what i wanted mm. at all i knew something when it came along but you know that's sort of how am i preparing myself for what the next thing is mm. how am i focusing my development where do i really want to lead him so when i speak about like working with leaders to find clarity i didn't have it I didn't have it right then. And so eventually out of my mouth, one day working with them, I said, I would love to be a coach like you because I was on the ropes. I thought I might not be cut out to be a leader. I thought I was, but look at how I'm responding to all this, you know, this work situation right now. I, I'm not even sure I can do this. Uh -huh. And then here I am months later going, wow, I want to be a coach. I want to be a, like that never entered my mind. Right. But I said, but not right now. What I was clear on is like, I needed time to develop. I didn't want to just hang out my shingle and say, as a coach, I wanted to really do training, do a lot of reflection, do a lot of personal work for myself so that I could then bring it out to other people who, again, want something else in their life, which might simply be clarity. It might simply be confidence. It might simply be calm in the middle of a great overwhelm, uh, which speaks to a lot of what's been happening the last couple of years. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing that everyone's chasing is just that certainty, right? It's just been so volatile. And trust me, I work in finance. People are like, the markets are crazy. I'm like, yeah, that's normal. It's okay. Like, it's going to be okay. You know, we'll, we're in it together. You know, we're all in it together. And if we can just educate and just focus on helping people grow themselves and understand how this stuff works. Oh, man. I thought, you stop learning after high school. Like I never picked up a book. I never picked up a book past high school. I was like, I hate reading. Why would I read? And then my coach was like, you have to read 10 pages a day. And I said, that sounds terrible. <laughs> so they said, uh, well, eat the frog first. Right. So I started reading first thing in the morning. And now that's my routine is I just get it out of the way first thing in the morning. But I set up my mindset for the rest of the day by doing that one action. Right. So people are like, Alina, how are you, you know, accomplishing what you're accomplishing? And I'm like, well, years and years and years and years and years of practice. Right. I'm just mm. one step ahead. I just have a little bit more time in. But then I look at other people in my industry who are just like 10 times further ahead than me. And I'm like, well, what are they doing differently? And it's like, not much. It's that 1% mm. or 2% the self-reflection, the, the spending the time in December to go through your numbers and look at everything and just go, no, this is why I'm here. And this is where I'm going. 
But when you have those realizations, like those moments of clarity, when you're like, no, I want to be a coach, right? For me, I almost had to die for me to have that moment when I was like, why am I doing this? Why am I being a heavy equipment operator? Because I'm clearly not that good at it. And there's people out there that are really good at it and love it. So why wouldn't I let them have that job? Why am I holding myself, you know, holding myself back from chasing my dreams because of money? Mm. And I just, I had that realization and I was like, I'm done. I can't do it anymore. You know, like I just, I wasn't willing to risk my life for a company that didn't care about me. And Mm. so I quit my job and I was like, I'm going to try it out and see how I do. And you know what? I fell in love with the industry because our company is one of the only companies that I've seen that's doing it right. And they're focused on actually teaching people what they need to know and helping them along the way. And it's not just all about the sales. It's not, we got to hit this quota. No, they're doing it right. Right. And they're teaching people how to develop their mindset and how to be a professional. And I'm like, wow, you can literally teach someone how to be an entrepreneur who is an employee because we're all trained to be employees unless we have entrepreneurial people around us, right? Like I'd never Mm. seen a millionaire until I met the company I'm with now. Never, ever, Mm. ever, never thought it was even possible to make a hundred thousand dollars a year. Right. Mm. And then I moved to Fort McMurray, which people call Fort McMoney, right? Because (laughs) you chase the oil sands and you get Mm. the money, but what do you sacrifice for it? 15 Mm. hours a day. 15 hours a day without your family, without your cell phone, zero connection, sitting by yourself on a machine that's beating you up every single day. And hopefully you don't die Hmm. for a hundred thousand a year, less taxes. I'm like, it's really not that great. And yet all these people are going, Oh, it's the best thing ever. You got to do it. It's the best. And then you look at them and they're miserable. Hmm. And I'm like, I don't want to be unhappy. I don't want to suffer, you know, do you, do you remember Elena? Like I kind of shared a little bit of my mom. Do you remember a moment where it kind of shifted for you? I'm just curious. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. Vividly. Um, I almost killed a guy who was two weeks away from his retirement. Mm. I almost ran Mm. him over because I was Mm. going a little, getting a little cocky and taking a corner too wide and, or too not wide enough really. And I didn't see him. And I almost ran him over and he literally called my truck and he said, you know what, Elena, I was two weeks away from retirement. And if you killed Mm. me, how would you have felt about that? You need to slow Mm. down and look Mm. at your corners because you never know (laughs) who's around that corner. And that taught me a huge lesson because sometimes you just got to slow down and like piece out the situation to go, okay, no, this is where I need to go. This is what I need to do. And if you're trying to go too fast, you can potentially like slide off the road or hit something, you know, and it's the same thing in business. So when Mm -hmm. I had that moment, I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Like I'm not cut out for this. I'm putting other people's lives in danger because I'm not in it. I was in my audiobook, you know, just like mm. cruising. I was more focused on my personal development. And I was like, this is what I need to do. This is what I need to pursue. And then I did it. And guess what? I love those phone calls when my clients used to say, oh, you can't help me. And now they're like, you're going to help me retire. 
thank you. You mm. saved my life. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I do this for. So if you guys have had impact, just saying for the audience, if you guys have had impact from this podcast, I want to hear about it because that is why I do this. I want to change lives. And I think that when we put people together, you're going to learn something from everyone, right? So if I can introduce someone to you and it's going to change their life, fantastic. Like, how cool is that? Mm -hmm. That's a gift that I've been given. And I am just so excited to be able to share it, right? And I, I was the most shy person. I did not have a big energy. I was very much average Joe because my whole life I was bullied for being different, for standing out, for being the tall girl, you know, who was just like so smart and eh, eh, with no friends, you know, <laughs> I was just like, okay. So I was such a loner that I learned to just hermit. And then when I was put into this situation and my coach said, you have to start a podcast. And I'm like, what? <laughs> okay. I'm going to do it because I know I have to. And then I did it. And now it is one of the most favorite things that I do because it helped me get out of my shell and it helped me really discover just like what I'm proud of and like what makes me excited um, and I have one hater in particular, who knows who they are, um, but they told me that I'm like self-centered and I'm a fraud and they can talk down to me. Guess what? I said, feel free to unfollow. <laughs> like, I don't think I'm that way. I think I love helping people. And if that's your view of me, thank you. I will reevaluate my social media, for example, to see what I am putting out there. Um, thanks for the constructive criticism, but like, don't let people get you down because when you find what you're passionate about, you have to chase that dream because you never know what it's going to lead you. I love getting text messages. Can you put 20 grand in my RSP? Can you, you know, and I'm like, yeah, sure, man. <laughs> like no problem because I earned it. Mm. Right. And I know that I'm a good advisor, even if I'm not perfect and I don't think anyone's perfect. But if I can go in with confidence and give them confidence that I'm going to do everything I can to help them, then how are they going to lose? They won't. They're going to win and they're going to win forever because I care. Right. And then you just work on referrals. <laughs> just work on, it's word of mouth, man. Word of mouth is everything. Thank you. I appreciate you sharing that story too, Elena. That's, that's powerful. Yeah, it's been quite the journey. For sure. Like people are like, oh, you must have been this, uh, you know, super confident person forever. I'm like, no, I actually like shake while I'm recording. You know, I I'm a normal person. I'm no different than anyone else other than the fact that I've committed to helping people. Hmm. Right. And for me, that's doing my podcast. That's finishing my book. You know, that's putting out how I did it to everyone else who's not believing in themselves or frustrated or having that imposter syndrome going, why do I deserve to be different? Because you should celebrate your intentions. If your intentions are good, you will attract good things because somebody else will resonate with your story. And I think that that is one of the biggest lessons that people can learn is when they share. I got a message this morning from one of the ladies who I look up to, her name is Jen LeClaire. Um, we're in business together and she went 
in the last nine years, she built a half a million dollar company. She's got almost a hundred licensed agents on her team. And I'm like, wow, man, like that's so incredible. And she sent me a message. I had four minutes on stage. Okay. Four minutes. I spoke in front of 1200 people and I was nervous, nervous. <laughs> and yet I do this and I'm like, I could have 1200 listeners and I have no idea, you know, like it's really just, it is what it is. You just talk sometimes. And she messaged me and she said, the way that you delivered your message impacted so many people on my team. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. That's amazing, right? Like, thank you for giving me that feedback. She said, your vulnerability is what helps people Mm. because I'm not scared of people judging me. I don't really care. Like if people want to be mean to me, you you can't take it offensively, especially if it's intended. Because that person is probably struggling with something and maybe they're jealous or maybe they're having a bad day or maybe they see your lifestyle and your freedom and they go, why don't I have that? What did they do different? I commit every single day of my life to living a better life and empowering other people. And that's why I deserve better than what I had before, because before I just lived for that day, you know, I lived for the weekend and I didn't really care about anything else in my life. But now it's like, I get up in the morning and I'm excited to get up. I'm not sitting there dreading getting on a bus at five 30 in the morning after standing outside in the blistering cold, minus 47 degree weather. Like, no, I'm good. <laughs> like I can sleep until six, you know, <laughs> like I'm good. Um, it's crazy, but that's the life that we've been sold is, Oh, go, go work on the oil sands. It's the best thing ever. Yeah. For some people, not everyone. Mm-hmm. And I think you really do have to chase your passion. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing, Elena, if I can, and I heard in there, and I was just thinking, you know, for my own story as well, I think so frequently you, you were asking me up, up front about like, um, you know, do people sort of, are there similar actions or are there similar things I see going on? It seems like for all of us, I'm going to say for myself, but I think for all of us, there's points in our life where we're feeling things are moving too fast and we just want to slow down. And there's other times where we're so completely stuck and we want momentum. Yeah. And it's sort of this, this back and forth. And, you know, in my story, it was, um, that was definitely the case. It was moving too fast. And I was saying, I I think in your story as well, perhaps. And, and that's a lot of the stories I'm hearing now, the situations are just things moving too fast. Um, As people have resigned, other people are now still there having to do that much more work. Mm and then all questioning, like, is this really what I want? Is this really the thing for me? Is there, is there a better way? But on the flip side, are people saying, I've been here 10 years and I don't, what's next? I just don't. Yeah. I love this work, but I don't know what's next. And I don't, I don't want to wake up one day regretting where I've been. So, and again, whatever this, um, just thought I'd share that. Like those, that's another thing I'm, I'm recognizing a lot of. Mm -hmm. Ed Milad talks about the thermostat of your life and it's your belief in yourself. And you set a thermostat and when you start getting too hot and you're like, yeah, this is crazy. And then you lose your belief and you go right back down to where you're comfortable. Right. And you just keep sabotaging yourself and sabotaging yourself because when you start getting to that point, instead of putting your foot on the accelerator and kicking into high gear and just going, 
we're going to do this, you get scared and you get imposter mm-hmm. syndrome. And then mm-hmm. it just defeats you. And then you go back to where you were. So don't get discouraged in those moments. It's sometimes time to dig in, right? I went from making $30,000 part-time and quitting my hundred grand a year site job to go full-time with my company because I needed to for my own mental health and for my own lifestyle. I gave myself a couple months to like get it together. But 2018, I went from like 296 pounds to 202. I went from... Oh, I think in 2017, we did like 30 recruits in my base shop type thing. And we did 140 in the next year. So like tripled, quadrupled the size of my company in one year. And it was all because I committed to excellence and I just committed to being my best. And then I hit a rut and then I got momentum again. And then I hit a rut again. And then I got momentum again and then I lost the baby and then I got COVID and then I, you know, and it's like, I can let that stuff get me down or I can use it to rebuild the momentum and give myself this extra kick and go, no, Elena, you are stronger than you think you are. And you can go in and have that confidence in yourself and go, I know that I've overcome everything in my life this far, right? Why can't I overcome this? I can and I deserve to overcome it because I got through that stuff and I'm still smiling. Right. Mm. And I think that people beat themselves up way too much. And if you can just go in with that gratitude and understand your intentions are good and give yourself faith for that, like, mm. good job. You got this. Mm. Ah, it's beautiful. <laughs> there was something in there, you know, reminded me of, um, there's a coach, a uh, coach and a thinker and author. I really appreciate his name's, um, Michael Bungay Stanier, and uh, he's written a number of books, but he he has a a saying, you know, that we unlock our greatness by working on the hard stuff. Yeah, and I think that has a lot to do with coaching. I think coaching encourages us to do that. Um, and I heard in, in in your story, like you know, I mean, when you said about you know service, so it's if it's a purpose beyond self, right? Um, and I was just, I was just thinking about it that, you know, I, I think a lot of terms in metaphor and I was thinking about, um, you know, right now the speed and the complexity and, and you'd mentioned uncertainty, you know, that it comes from that. Um, it, it seems like it's continuing to increase. And for me, it's kind of like a, like a surging wave. That's what I, that's what I experienced. And that's what I, I hear other people experiencing. Mm-hmm. And I, and I see coaching as sort of this, I think unique sort of relationship-based technology, if you will, that accelerates our learning and growth and helps people surf what's coming, what's these challenges that keep increasing out there. Mm-hmm. So I just, and, and I think a part of it is like finding that beyond self part. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you have to join a nonprofit, right? It's just, what is that thing? Like you said, how do you find that you are helping people in the world? How are you serving in that way? And and again, that doesn't have to be the entirety of your work, but oh. in some way, in some way. So I just wanted to offer that back. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. And service doesn't have to be like, oh my goodness, I have to volunteer at the soup kitchen for 12 hours a week. No, it could be like driving your kid to baseball practice mm. or, you know, going and working at a church for an hour or two 
to help kids that are struggling or I don't know. I like, I like helping children. I think it's really important to raise the next generation of leaders. Right. And I'm like, we, we got a big job to do. And especially in our industry, like mindset, the number one thing that people are struggling with, I'll tell you, this was our first in-person convention in two years. And normally we do a few conventions a year to get people together and get everyone energized and excited and collaborating. Two years we went without. And I'll tell you, almost every single speaker cried on stage because everyone's struggling. And how cool is it to go, hey, guys, even through the last couple of years, our company over the last two years grew 70%. That's insanity. That's insanity. And yet what other companies in any industry can you say have grown that exponentially? You know what I mean? To just kind of go out and be like, okay, well, clearly we're doing something right because we're making a difference and we're still increasing and we're still, you know, growing through everything that's happening in the world. And it's like, why is that? And I think the reason is, is because of servant leadership. It's the people who have started the company who will take a phone call from you saying, what do you need help with? Right. How cool is that? No one knows who Rich Thalley is. The guy is a very, very wealthy man. And he is the most humble and kind man you will ever meet. The way he talks to his wife is like, oh, it's inspiring. I'm like, I want, I want that. You know, you just look at them and you're like, how did you get there? Years and years and years and years of investing in those relationships, Hmm. right? Those friendships that you have that are uh, just incredible. My friend was describing one of her friends passed away recently. And she said she was like, just like the cornerstone of the property type thing. Like if it was the one person who just made it all good. And I'm like, yeah, I think everyone needs a friend like that. Everyone needs someone that they can call and talk to. And if people don't have that, reach out. Like I'll be that person. And so would John guaranteed. Like there's just, there's power in association and there's power in the fact that you're listening to this right now and you're challenging yourself to grow and be better and, just have a better life. And that's beautiful. So again, I go back to give yourself credit for your intentions because it's, this is it. You got to win for your family. My favorite saying, I may not have come from a wealthy family, but a wealthy family will come from me. Right. And I'm like, that's what my tombstone's going to say. You know, I'm like, yes, because I want to go and build schools and like give all the money away. And my husband's like, Elena, you gotta like, don't give it all away. You know, and I'm like, ah. I'm like, honey, that sounds like a cash flow problem. That just means that we have to make more money, you know, and then we can give it all away. And I'm like, but this person needs a job and this person, you know, and I'm just like, okay, well, he's like, okay, calm down. Like you're, you're trying to rush things. Right. But he's the logical one and I'm the entrepreneur. So it works really well mm-hmm. for us to kind of just like bounce ideas off of each other's too, right? But I definitely think that having a coach is necessary. Like mm-hmm. when I joined Arate Syndicate, it was, oh my goodness, 2018. And I told you what my 2018 looked like, right? And then 2019 was the same. I started the podcast. 
2020, I started the book, you know, and I was like, okay, here we go. And now it's about to get published. And it's just, it's insane, but it's putting in the time and putting in the effort to share what you've learned with the world, Mm. whether that's a TikTok video or, you know, just going, Hey, this is how funny my kids are, or this is my husband or what my freaking crazy dog. Like she came inside yesterday with a pine cone and just loved it. And I was like, it's all over my carpet, but (laughs) she just had fun, you know? And I'm like, I think we need to have more fun in life. (laughs) Mm. Agreed. Agreed. There was something you shared there, Elena, if I could just for a moment around, um, you said around like, you know, people needing a coach and I'm not here to beat like the coach drum necessarily, but someone asked me recently about, um, you know, what if you, what if you're talking with someone and they're saying, yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure I'm ready to take the leap yet. Like, you know, I'm not really sure that's something for me. You know, I don't see really what I, what I would work on even. I don't even know what we would talk with that. What would that look like? Yeah. And they, they asked me like, well, what do I tell people? And I, I said, you know, the biggest thing I think I've, I focus on is saying fr- up front, like, we're not going to talk about me in our first conversation. We're going to just find out what really matters to you, like yeah. what you really want to have happen, what's super valuable to you. And at the end of that conversation, we can talk about whether you want to have another conversation. And eventually it might lead to us working together, but let's just take the money part out. Like I'm, I'm not even sure that I can help this person. Like I'm not super coach. I'm not able to help anybody with anything at any time. Um, and, and even if I am like, we might not be the right match. So I, I guess, uh, I would say for anyone who's considering coaching, you know, out there to consider it as an offer from the coach to you, from you to other people in your life, to just explore it um, without thinking about, uh, because I think if the question is about like, how much is this gonna cost? Then we probably first haven't gotten at what's really worth it. Uh Um, And if we don't get there, that's okay. But I'm just saying if if it's all about the money and what's this gonna cost and what's this gonna, um, then we're probably not in the zone where coaching would really be effective. Yes. So, because you uh, so I just wanted to share that. Yes. <laughs> you got to shift yeah. your mindset to this is an investment in my future. Like I just right. took people to Banff, and every single person who went there was like, "That was the best thing I've ever been to in my entire life." Like I just learned mm. so much, and it was amazing. And yet, the people who didn't go missed out. They missed out on all that energy. They missed out on all that coaching, right? And when you're in the environment of success, you create success because you're around people who are creating success and you just naturally follow through, you know, you just, you hold yourself to a higher standard. And I think that when you can see your blind spots that other people can't see right, then you can adapt. But sometimes you need someone else to go, Hey, what about this? Oh, did Mm -hmm. you think about this? Oh, what about Mm -hmm. it? you got to brainstorm and everyone's going to have a different point of view. You might ask someone who's got less experience than you a question and you're like, Oh, that's really good. But I think the best thing about leadership is the good leaders are willing to continue learning and they don't think they know everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Humility comes in one way or the other. 
Uh, <laughs> I say that I say that sort of as a, a joke, but it's like, right, you know, for, for you and I both in our stories, right, there was a moment of humility. There was a moment of recognizing, uh, yeah, there was a moment of recognizing that there, there were far worse things that could happen if we continue down this path. Exactly. And if we're humble in that moment, we change direction. And if we're not, well, we keep going and it's probably not going to be where anybody wants to go, but, but then eventually there might come humility. Um, yeah. Anyway, I'll stop on my uh, sort of macabre uh, metaphor here. Maybe. <laughs> no, I love it. I think that when you can help people identify where they can improve, it helps them. And when you're, there's lots of ways you can do that. Coaching is hard, right? Because you have to try not to offend people, but at the same time, prove that you care, right? Show them that you're trying to help them. And if they don't want to take your advice, don't get offended yourself, right? Because you can only do so much for someone who doesn't want to learn, right? I had a girl quit yesterday and I'm like, why? And she's like, oh, I just see you all winning and I'm not winning and I can't be there. So I quit. I'm like, mm. Mm. what? <laughs> like That makes absolutely no sense to me at all, but okay. You know, like if that's, if that's what you want. <laughs> so mm. yeah, mm. you just can't, you can't judge a book by its cover. That's for sure. You got to get in there. You got to help people dig into their own story. Yeah. There was something you said in there about, you know, being concerned about offending someone. And uh, I think it was um, Michael Neal. He's a great coach. And I think he said, you know, the job of the coach is to hold up in one hand, a mirror that's reflecting back what they see. And in the other hand, a flashlight, you know, to sort of point out places that maybe have never been seen before. Mm -hmm. And um, I think about uh, when my coach said to me, like, what's next for you? I, I think my first response in my head was like, why are you bringing that up, man? Like, what does that have to do with anything? So not only was it a blind spot for me, it was a blind spot. It took me to own that I really hadn't been. It was important in some way. And I, and I really thank him, you know, for doing that. He's, he was clear. Now, was I offended? I wasn't offended, but I think I was more like, why are we talking about this? Right. This is what, this is not what I came here to talk about. And, but it was. Right. It was, but I couldn't see it at first. Mm -hmm. I, I, it was just tough to see. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why writing things down is so important because even though you might not understand it, then you might read that over again and go, Oh, I get it now. Cause when you're in those moments, sometimes you, you just can't process everything at once. And so I like to record people speaking. I like to go back and listen to it again. I like to take notes on what I'm listening to, stuff like that, because it helps you solidify what they're talking about <laughs> and go, oh, this is how I can now implement it into my life or my business, right? But yeah, anyways, <laughs> I definitely think that this conversation has helped a lot of people. And I know that there's a lot of value to be had, right? And when you continue to push yourself and you go, okay, we're just going to keep trying perseverance is such a big piece of winning in life. You just have to keep trying and never give up and, you know, just believe in yourself more than you do now. And that's easier said than done, but it's built 
like that confidence is built over time. So I want people to get more access to you. We are out of time for today, but I am super excited for people to get access to what you're doing. So how can they get a hold of you? Yeah, the best way is uh, my website, www.northstar-coaching.com. Wicked. Okay, well, I will post all of that in the show notes. Again, thank you so much for your time. Guys, figure out what your blind spots are and really dig into it because when you have someone who can help you with it, it'll help you next level where you're at in your life. So that's our show for today, Pursuit of Relentless, signing out.